God wants you to know him. God wants you to know him. I believe you're here to, in, to, to find out and know God. And, and Luke says it like this. One day, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there was three simple things that Jesus told his disciples to do. Preach the gospel. Gospel means I got some good news to tell you. I got something good, and I want to share it with you. It's kind of like in Cajun country when you go to someone's house, and you smell it, and you go, man, we got something good for you, yeah. And you go, what you got? Chicken fricassee. Come on! You know what I mean? Whatever. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's good news. And the Bible says to cast out demons. That's all your relatives. You know, on Christmas, you got to go, you know. And, and then also it says, and to heal the sick. And see, Jesus was referring to all of us, all of you, including me. You know, we, we are three parts. We're body, soul, and spirit. To preach the gospel refers to someone's spirit. Cast out demons is their soul and their mind. And heal the sick refers to your body. You see, God wants to set people free, body, soul, and spirit. How many believe that? And and see, what happens is is this is what God called you to do. Did you know that God called them to be something before he told them to do something? You see, Mark says it like this, Mark 3, uh, verse 14 and 15. And he appointed the 12 so that they might be with him and might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. In other words, the power to do comes from the power to be. The number one priority is to be, is, is we're to be with him or to be with, with Jesus. The power comes from being connected to Jesus, to know Jesus. Listen, you can't play this guitar unless it's connected. I mean, you know, you can't even hear it. But if, if it's connected and the power switch goes on, you, you could hear it. You don't want me to play it because I can't play it. You know, I mean, it would be a joyful, bad noise. But, but for many of us is that God has called us to be plugged in to him. See, you can't have power unless you're plugged in. And so, yeah, I remember my first revelation of being of, of electricity. How many of you remember you discovered electricity by getting shocked once or twice in your life? I remember I was about five years old, and I wanted to listen to my, I had a, a, a Davy Crockett Walt Disney album. It was a 33 and a third back in the day. And we didn't have videos. We had to listen and use our imagination. I don't know if some people know what the imagination is anymore, but anyway. And, and, and so I can remember one day I said, you know what? What if I just put my finger on this little thing and I plug it in? I wonder what happened. And I did that. I mean, went, I mean, my fingers were black. It was throbbing. It's like when your heart gets in your finger. You know, I had all that going on. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do that again. But what happens is when you get plugged in with God, what happens is you have power and authority that you don't have on your, in your own, but you have God's power, God's authority in your life. Amen? 
And then you're able to do things. See, well, all of you are extension cords. You are an extension. This is what God wants you to be. God wants you to be extension of His power. God wants you to be extension of His love. God wants you to be extension of His grace. God wants you to be extension of His truth. God wants you to be extension of His peace, of His compassion for people. See, you have to stay plugged in to have power. You know, how many times I've seen people and and we've had to show up in just sad situations. I remember showing up one time because this certain denomination wouldn't do it because this guy had taken his life. He had gotten a shotgun and shot himself. And so uh, one of the guys in our church is one of his cousins. So Pastor Josh and I showed up. And man, we we just, you know what we did? We were extension of the love of God. And what happened, we just started loving them. And, and it was tragic what happened to this young man. Because the fa- his stepfather and him worked together in the plants in Lake Charles. And he went to go wake him up that, that morning. And he turned on the light and he had to see all that. He was just broken. And I remember going to him and he didn't want to talk to anybody. And I just looked at him and said, hey, man, look, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you, no, you know, I know what it's like. But, you know, my dad, my dad did that. And man, when when I shared that with him, he just opened up. And I was able just to love him with the love of God. And, you know, out of that tragic situation, most of those relatives of that young man come to our church in Jennings now. Just because we extended. Pastor Josh did the funeral. We have a lady that was uh, her son. She was having trouble with her son. And, and, and she was trying to help him out. I'm just telling you real stuff that happens. Come on. And she went to go find her son. And she found him. And he had hung himself in his closet. And when she walked in, she, he was dead. And the next night, one of the guys had just started coming to the church named John. You know, they heard, their life group heard what happened and they made a big meal for everybody in their life group. And what they did is instead of them enjoying that big meal, they brought it over to this lady's house for her family to have a meal that was incredible. And he said, you know what? When I got, when we got back, when we delivered that, we loved on everybody, prayed for people. We went back to the home that we have our life group and we just ordered pizza. But he said, this is what he said. I literally experience the love of God like I never experienced in my life. When our, when our group leader just said, this is what we're going to do tonight. And he said, walking away, he said, that's the best pizza I ever ate in my life. Because can I tell you something? When you know God and you're connected to him, you might not know everything to do sometimes, but you can reach out. You can love. You can have compassion on people. Come on. How many of you are you here because maybe someone had compassion on you or spoke something to you or lived a certain way and you go, whatever they got, I want some of that. You know, whatever they got, can, can I buy it? No, it's a free gift. You see, you have to stay plugged in, you know, I, and even on vacation. I, I mean, I don't look when I go on vacation, I don't unplug from God. I still get with God. Come on. You know, it's like I pull out my Bible. This is a Bible, okay? It has pages. It's just old school. Okay? Because you know why I use pages? Because I'm one of these kind of people I get distracted by this. So I don't I don't go digital till I go with God because they have those little red dots that are those indicators. They drive me crazy. 
I feel like I have to answer them. I have to look at them. I have to, come on. And so I've had to learn to discipline myself. I don't pick this up until I pick this up. And I spend time with him. I want to I be connected. I want to be plugged in to God. And the only way that I get to know God is getting plugged into God. You know, the next one is, is this. The next word is not just knowing God, but growing in God. How many say, Pastor Baba, I could use some growing in God. How many you know God doesn't want you to stay in your depends or your pampers for all your life? Okay? God, you got to move. you got to stir some things up. God's called us all to grow. If you don't grow, you're not healthy. Come on. Because healthy things grow. How many believe that? You see, John said it like this. He said this. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is Jesus talking in John 15. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What do branches and vines do? They grow. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Just like the extension cord. You you can't grow on your own. See, you know... If you plant beans, what do you get? Come on, help me out. What do you get? If you plant rice, what do you get? Right, that's red beans and rice in Cajun country, okay? If you plant nothing, what do you get? No, weeds. Weeds. I've had people go, well, I don't know why my marriage is just so bad. We're not doing nothing. No, you're dealing with weeds. Because you can't see past the weeds. You're constantly trying to pull those things out. And you're not dealing with the issue is. You know what I mean? It's keeping you from growing. For, uh, Second Peter says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord our Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing will not happen on its own. If you aren't choosing to make it happen, it's probably not going to happen. Come on. You ever try to plant weeds? I'm not talking about... <laughs> I did that, Pastor Bubba. I'm not talking about that. You see, the closer you get to truth, the more freedom you can walk in. The closer I get, if this represented the cross, if this represented Jesus, the closer I am to him, come on, the more freedom I feel in my life. But the further I get from him, come on, the less free I feel. But if I'm walking towards good, you know, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Lord, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. You know, and he's saying, blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, but he, he, doesn't, sit in the seat of, he doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law will he meditate day and night. And he'll be like a tree firmly planted by the, the living waters which yields its fruit. In other words, the closer I get to God, the more I can hear God, the more I can know God, the stronger I am in God and not in myself. How many of you try to go do something in your own strength? You remember the story of the sons of Sceva? They were seeing all God's workings and all the miracles that we're doing, and, and they thought, well... They just doing it in Jesus' name, but they weren't connected to him. They weren't, they weren't plugged into Jesus. So what they did is they used his name. And I don't know if you know what happened with the sons of Sceva. These, they, these seven sons went to go cast the devil out of, out of this guy. And the devil jumped on the guys and ripped all their clothes off. And they had to run through town. 
What happened? They were known as the son of Sceva, stupid, stupid boys. But it represented, you can know the name, but you don't have the power. I know a lot of people that are in religion, but don't have the power. They just don't. My mother was Methodist, my dad was Baptist, they fought, so we didn't go to church much. My mom's mom was charismatic, my dad's mama was Jehovah's Witness. My mom left my dad when I was 10 and married another man, he was Catholic. So I didn't need religion, I needed, I must say, the confusion. Are you hearing me? I went to Episcopal school, public school, Catholic school, all those different things. And it didn't draw me anything. I just knew a lot about it. I remember going to Sunday school when I was a kid. And, and there was this lady. She was a wicked witch of the West. And she wasn't going to get my quarter for offering. She was just too mean. None of y'all had one like that. Anyway, thank God. There's none. But you know that God wants you to have the ability to go public. You know, in Acts... The book of Acts, it's the act of apostles. It's still the book, that book's still being written today. Okay? And what happens is, you know, that 39 out of the 40 miracles that took place in the book of Acts are not in the church, it's outside the church. From people just living a life that represented God because they knew God and they wanted to grow. And I just, you know, you know, what happens is, is that I believe that whatever you feed always wins. Amen? It's like the dogs, you know. It's like, you know, they'd go around betting on dogs all around here and stuff. And, and, and one day the guy goes, I don't get your drift. But he goes, how do they do that? How do you know which dog's going to win going from town to town? The guy looked at him and said, well, what do you think? The one I feed or the one I don't feed? It's the one you feed because it's always going to be stronger. And for every one of us, you want to overcome areas in your life. You've got to feed your heart. You gotta feed your spirit. Because see, if you can measure your spirit where that if that if that where that exit sign is right there on that door, if it said spiritual indicator, and it's talking about how strong you are in your spirit, and it would do an x-ray of how your spirit looked. Come on. Some people you can come in and what's up, bro? And you, but you look at their spirit and all of a sudden it's like the, the Ethiopian poster child going, feed me. And you expect to overcome with that? Come on. There'd be people out before the door. Oh, God, forgive me. Help me. Touch me. Be with me. You know what I mean? Two. You know what I mean? Let me ask you. Are you growing? Pastor Bob, why do you have to ask that? Because I just want to challenge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to challenge you. Come on. If you're not challenged, you're not challenged to grow. You're not willing to learn something new. Because if you stay the same, look, if you stay the same, you're going to be lame. And if you get lame, you get tamed. Come on. And so 1 Peter says, like like newborn infants, long for pure milk, that that by it they may grow up into salvation. Just like a baby desires milk, we should desire the word of God. You know, we grow when we are with him. We just do. Disciples, you know, the disciples needed to grow. Do you know that? I mean, think about it. You know, they had to grow. 
Let me show you. John said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. In other words, he doesn't come to our church, so we chewed him out real good for you. And Jesus said, man, if he's... Jesus goes, you idiot. No, he didn't say that. He said, he said, if he's not against us, he's for us. Can you imagine the impact the church would have if we quit dividing things? You know, with that group over here and this group over there and to win the world for Jesus. Luke says it like this. He sent out messengers ahead. Are y'all with me? Come on. I'm in the right church. You're learning anything yet. Ahead in the Samaritan village to prepare for his, his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? You imagine that? Lord, can we just scorch them, scorch earth, you know? I mean, come on, Lord. Lord didn't. And, you know, the Lord didn't come to consume people. He came to help people. The more you're with Jesus, the more you'll learn that. See, in Matthew, one day some parents brought their child to Jesus so he could lay, down, lay his hands on them and pray for them. But disciples just scolded the parent. They scolded the parents for bothering him. You know, they, I don't know what they say. Hey, little girl, get away. Jesus is too busy. Can't you see the line? You know, eventually they did grow. Just like we all do. How many of you did stupid things when you first came to know the Lord? Come on. Or you said stuff you didn't even know what you were talking about. How many of you were mean to people? Come on, we're going to get honest. This side's getting real honest. I don't want, I'm praying for this side. You know? I can remember when I first got saved. I would go on the strip... Uh, in Lafayette on McKinley Street where all the bars are still, you know, and I'd go there, talk to people about the Lord, talk to my friends and everything. And I remember some of the stuff I said, I look back and I go, wow, I can't believe I said that. Because number one, I didn't have any scripture. I just knew that, man, you've been needing to love Jesus or you're going to hell. (laughs) Or to hell with you and I'm going with Jesus. I mean, things like that. Can you imagine? Boy, that's real loving. But I had to grow. I remember one, one time a guy came up to me. He goes, he goes, are you Bubba McCann? I go, yeah, my friend looked at me. He goes, and this guy had a suit on. He goes, I wouldn't say anything about Bubba. He might be with the IRS. You know, I didn't have no worries. But he just, he says, I, I've been looking for you for 14 years. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I've been looking for you. He said, do you remember when you were on the strip and you started sharing Jesus with me? I, can I be honest with you? I don't even remember. And he goes, you could have led me to the Lord that night when you told me about Jesus, but I don't think you knew enough to tell me how to get to know him. And he was right. And he said, but you prayed. And he goes, you pray something like, Lord, make him miserable till he comes to know you. And he said, for, for days, for years, I'm just, I mean, I'm thinking about what you said, what you prayed. And, and I remember laying on my bed about three years after you talked to me. And 
I mean, laying on my, my floor in my den, and there was a ceiling fan going around, and something told me I need to move. And when I moved, the ceiling fan fell. And he said, that's when I knew I needed to go to church. <laughs> he said, I went to church, and I gave my life to God, but I've been looking for you for 14 years to tell you you made me miserable. Come on. I, I didn't know enough to know. I just knew his name was Bradley Blackstone. I said, Bradley, if you don't know the if you don't give yourself to the Lord, you're going to hell, basically. The Lord just make him miserable. Can you imagine that? I still do the miserable part on people sometimes. And he came to know the Lord. You know? Eventually the, the disciples did grow. And when you think about, you know, all of them were martyrs except John. Matthew was killed by a sword in Ethiopia while he was preaching. Peter was crucified upside down because he felt unworthy to die the way Jesus died. James the Great was beheaded in Jerusalem. Bartholomew was flogged to death. James was thrown a hundred feet down from the temple steps. And when he refused to deny his face, he discovered he decided he survived the fall and the enemies beat James to death with clubs. Thomas was speared by, in India on a missions trip. Andrew was whipped severely by seven soldiers in Greece. Then crucified. Andrew's followers reported, they said this, they said, as he was being led to the cross, he said, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. He continued to preach while he hung on his, while he was crucified for two days, preaching to people. They grew because they were with Jesus. Here's my question. Is worth, is what you're living for worth dying for? Is it? They had such, Jesus had such an impact because they came to know him and they began to grow in him. And the last point is you got to know him. You got to be willing to grow. And you're going to, and if you do that, you may glow. See, I'm a genius. It all rhymes. Know, grow, and glow, baby. <laughs> see, that, see, sometimes people leave a church and go, what'd they preach? I don't know. Know, grow, and glow. But here's the thing. We are the light, we're to be the light in the dark world. First, uh, John 1 says it like this, starting in verse 6. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone may believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives life to everyone, was coming into the world. See, we're not the light, but we know the light. The more we know him, the more we'll shine for him. Come on, you believe that? You see, we, we're, we're kind of like the moon and God's like the sun and we just give reflection to what the, moon gives, the sun gives off. We're just a reflection. You see, that's what we do. We just reflect. Have you ever been around the light and you, and you know, and you have to know, you know, and you're going to reflect it. My watch, it'll glow in the dark. As long as I keep it in the light. Come on. It'll glow for two or three days. But if I get out of the light, it stops glowing. And so, you know, it has the ability only to produce light when it's up to the light. It can't produce light by itself. 
You know, you are saved by grace, but some of you are not glowing anymore. Thank you, Pastor Bubba. I appreciate that. Been a long time since you spent time with Jesus. You need to spend time with him every morning, every day. Some of you might not be morning people. Maybe you're a night person. That's fine. But you, you, you carve out. See, if you don't, I've learned this. If you don't make time, people will make time for you for other things. You've got to schedule time. You got to make time. Things that are important, you put on a calendar. You 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 go. You know, I'm doing this, and so you need to spend time with him. And then when you do, you may glow in the dark. You see, what what's one word that describes a pregnant woman? They what? They glow, man. They glow. She glows. They. I mean, I I don't know if you know. They even glow in the dark. No, I'm thinking. You say, why do pregnant women glow? Because here's what's happened. She's been intimate with her husband and life is growing on the inside of her. And people recognize it. Here's the thing. Adam knew Eve and she can see. When you have life, see, when you've been intimate with God, God makes you pregnant with his presence. Come on. You know, men can even be pregnant. My God, what are they teaching at that church? But see, here's the thing. God wants to impregnate you in such a way that you glow. You see, John uh, in, in Acts uh, four thirteen, it says the members of the council. This is when Peter and John had prayed for the man at the gate. At the gate, he was begging, and they they prayed over him, and he was healed. And and, and they they when they saw the boldness of of Peter and John, they, they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They, all re- they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They were going, hey, I mean, these are just regular guys, but the one thing we do know, they've been hanging out with Jesus. Listen, you could be a regular person, but if you're hanging out with Jesus, there's nothing impossible. There's nothing they they had been with God. Life was growing inside of them and people recognized it. You know why you're here? God has called you to, to know him, to grow in him and to glow for him. If you really want to see the power of God, it's not going to be found in this pulpit right here. It's not going to be found by me. I'm just a messenger. Are you hearing me? And I, my motto is God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope. Okay, all I'm I'm not I'm kind of like the mailman. I'm the delivery man. All I'm doing is delivering to you what you need to do and how you need to grow, how you need to glow, and, and, and what you're what you're responsible. If you really want to see the power of God, you know what? It, it, it's not here. I, you know, I'm all for the you know preaching and from behind the pulpit, and but real power, the gospel is released in ordinary people, spirit filled people. Multiply the gospel. They just multiply the gospel wherever they go. What does that mean? That I learned to, if I'm a follower of Jesus, my responsibility is disciple other people. It means to pour the life of God into them. That's how it works. You don't, I don't believe in addition. I believe in multiplication. Because if I meet with one person and they meet with another person and they meet, it, becomes, it continues to grow. 
and it begins to multiply. And our responsibility as followers of Jesus is we're to disciple people that are hungry for God. Hello. That's what life groups are for. That's what next steps for. I want to make the next step and I want to grow in God. You see, and here's the thing that I want to do. You see, I just want I want I want to stop right here. I want to put a ribbon on the, a bow on this and be done with it, okay? Because I think I've shared enough information with you, but now it needs to go from information to application. Amen? Amen. So, we're to to know God, we're to grow in God, and if we do those things, what will happen to you? You will glow for God. And here's the thing. I just want I want everybody to just close their eyes, bow your head. And I just want you to ask this question. And we'll pray it together. But I want you, I want to spend some time just in a quiet moment that we can reflect and see what God's speaking to us. Just say this, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Now, Father, I pray you would just, let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would speak to every person. What are you saying to them as an individual, as a couple? God, what, what, are they, what are you saying to them? That they could just know that you're speaking to them and they, they, they don't walk out of here the same. They walk out of here challenged, stirred, willing for whatever you want to do to bring change in their hearts and their minds. And all I want you to do, guys, is just to respond to what God's speaking to you. Just walk in obedience. Look at me. In God, look at me. There's no book called the book of hesitations. And sometimes people just hesitate. You see, the Bible says this. If you love God, you'll, you'll obey his words. You know, you know how people love God? If they, if they obey. It's not, because here's what I realized. Delayed obedience means disobedience. Come on, your children. Well, I'm going to get around to it. No, you're not. Hold on. The most important thing you can do as a parent is go, no, we're doing it now. I don't care, cutie. I don't care how you, if you got half the makeup on, honey. You're going to do what your mama said to do before you put the rest of it on. Come on. I mean, what do we do as parents? We instruct our children, don't we? Do you? I'm just wondering. I'm wondering about y'all. Do you instruct? Because let me, let me tell you something. Parenting can be hard. It can be hell. But it also can be joyful. Come on. And it's really the way we train our children and the way they respond. Amen? Because they don't do what we say. They just reflect what 